All right, good morning and welcome to the Barefoot Church. Um, it's good to see everyone. Thanks for joining this morning. I'd like to start off with um, a place that occurs in the New Testament uh, in three places. Uh, it uh, starts in uh, Matthew uh, chapter 17 and Mark chapter 9 and Luke chapter 9. And it goes like this Jesus uh, takes three disciples with him and goes up a mountain. And the three disciples are Peter, James, and John. Now, James and John are brothers and they're known as the sons of thunder. Um, part of that understanding is that uh, they had a temper. And they had a mouth that wouldn't quit, so to speak. And so James and John uh, were very well known uh, disciples. Uh, they were rough and uh, kind of tumbling. But Jesus chose them, along with Peter, to join him uh, as, as they walked up this mountain. And they, they arrived at the mountain, and, and something happened. And what happened was, Suddenly, uh, Jesus, um, his, his clothes, all of his clothes shone with a bright light. And, and there was a light all around Jesus. And, and so the disciples, the three of them, uh, were, were sort of amazed. And then they became aware that there were two other people there with Jesus. And the other two people were uh, Elijah and Moses. Elijah and uh, Moses and Jesus now we're together talking. And it's very interesting because here we have Jesus meeting together with Moses, who is the, the lawgiver, the one who received the law, who delivered the people out of Egypt. So Moses. And, and we also then have Elijah. And Elijah is, is the, the prophet. He is the one who represents all prophets. In fact, it's Elijah who is in, in the understanding of, of the return of, of, uh, of the, the Jews, the, the Jewish people, Elijah is the one who is welcome at all of their meals, the Passover meals, Elijah's chair is available. Elijah is the one who is to come and redeem or to save all the people of Jews of Judaism. So we have Elijah uh, representing all the prophets. We have Moses representing the law giving. And we have Jesus and, and the three of them are talking together. And, and the, the, the disciples who were there, uh, the, the Peter, James, and John, kind of stepped back in amazement. You know, what, what is going on here? And, and, and finally, they said, well, we, we need to build a, a, a memorial to, to these people. We need to do something special. And, and Jesus basically tells them, you know, knock it off, guys. Uh, you're not to tell anybody about this. And, and so it's very interesting that we have this little thing happen up on this mountain with Jesus, uh, with Elijah, and with Moses, along with then Peter, James, and John. Now, it's interesting because I, I want to focus today on this, this one called Elijah. Elijah. And, and something that happens it, with, with, with uh, Elijah in, in 1 Kings. And it happens in 1 Kings uh, chapter 19, and it goes like this, that... Um, the, the question to Elijah is, well, where, where do you think God is, Elijah? And so Elijah plays around with these ideas, and he's told, uh, Elijah, uh, God 
um, is, is not in the wind. So that don't think that because there's blowing or because there's movement or there's power in the wind, God's not there. That's not God. And then the question becomes, well, where, where is God? Well, is, is God in the earthquake where everything shakes and falls? And, and the answer to Elijah is no, um, God is not in the earthquake. So we have the powerful winds or tornadoes, if you will. We have the powerful earthquakes. And then the question is, is, is God in the fire? And the answer that, that he receives, that Elijah receives is no, God is not in the fire. The flames and the fire and the destruction, um, the lightning, the, the, no, God isn't in uh, the fire. And so then the, 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 the answer comes, well, where is God? And the answer from God to, to Elijah is, um, God is in the gentle whisper. Or another translation is, God is in the still, small voice. And, and that's a very different understanding than what Elijah has been used to. And we're going to look at that today because God isn't in the wind, nor in the earthquake, nor in the fire, but instead in the small, quiet voice or in the gentle whisper. A very um, traumatic understanding here of, of God's presence uh, for us to understand, especially since Elijah is the one who appears with Jesus. Uh, on the mountain with Moses. Now, looking then uh, at Elijah, what we'll be looking at 1 Kings uh, chapters 17 and 18. So 1 Kings chapters 17 and 18. Now I want to cover briefly um, some of the things that's going on here. Um, in, in this chapter, uh, especially the chapter 17, we have a king of, of Israel whose name is Ahab. Ahab is the king, and he is the king of Israel. And then we have Elijah, and Elijah is, is a prophet. Now, one of the things that's happened here is that Ahab's purpose for, for a long period of time is to get rid of all the prophets. Um, he doesn't like a prophet of Yahweh. He doesn't like a prophet of the Lord God. And part of that reason is because of his wife. But the other reason is he saw them as competition, and they were in competition with his belief, with his God. And so his intent was to destroy the prophets. So at, at every possibility, he would seek out and kill and destroy the prophets. And that was, that was his intent, to destroy, to do away with the prophets of God, to do away with the prophets of Yahweh, the Lord God. And, and that was Ahab's purpose. Now, something strange happens. Um, a prophet uh, by, by the name of Elijah um, was there. And Elijah had some friends. And, and one of these friends served the king, Ahab. And this friend hid prophets in caves. Uh, he had 50 prophets over in this cave and 50 prophets that he hid in this cave. And he would provide them water and food. Uh, unknown to the king. And so we had these prophets hidden away 
uh, in these caves. Now, Elijah didn't know this. Uh, Elijah saw himself as the only remaining prophet of God. And so Elijah um, made a forecast or made, made a, a, uh, a statement. And what he said was, because of what the King Ahab is doing, because of the state of this nation, because of what's going on in Israel, instead of following the Lord God, Yahweh, you're following gods. Uh, the main God was, was Baal. And there were several, several other gods that were involved in this. But Elijah says, you know what, um, King, you're following the wrong God. Uh, you should not be following Baal. And, and as a result, there will be no dew, uh, D-E-W, there'll be no dew uh, on the grass in the mornings. There will be no rain. And so no more rain, no dew. So that I am telling you this will occur until I say otherwise, says Elijah. Now, what happened was um, there was no rain. What happened was there was no dew in the mornings. And, and so things started to get um, pretty rough. And, and what happened was Elijah had a word from God that the Lord God was, was uh, provoked to anger. And that's the term that, that is used. Yahweh was provoked to anger because of the nation of Israel following this Baal and all the other gods. And so Elijah now is, is proclaiming no more rain, no more dew. And, and the Yahweh, the Lord God, is not pleased with what's going on. So we, we now start that um, Elijah now has to take cover because he, he now is the focus of Ahab, that Ahab wants to do damage. Ahab wants to get at, to get at, destroy uh, all the prophets, especially Elijah. So Elijah now goes... And, and he um, is told by God, Elijah, I want you to go and, and, and live here. I want you to stay here in this area. And, and in this area is a brook, a stream of water that you can drink. And so you drink the water here at the stream. And I, I says God, I, I will bring you food by the ravens. I, I will have this bird bring you bread and that bird bring you meat every morning and every evening so that as you stay by this brook, as you drink the water from the brook, you will have food to eat because these birds are going to bring you bread and meat every morning and every night. And so Elijah lived beside this stream and the ravens, the birds, would bring the food to him morning and night. And that's how he ate, that's how he lived. And he was protected because of God's shelter, because of the stream, because of the food provided by the ravens, by the birds. Now, eventually what happened, because of no rain and, and, and no dew, is the stream dried up. And so God told Elijah, uh, Elijah, I want you to go into this town, and you're going to see a woman there uh, who is a widow. Her husband has died. And, and she will meet you, she'll be going, and, and she, you will find her as you enter the village, and she will provide you um, bread and water. 
And so I want you to go to this village and as you meet her, uh, tell her that, that uh, you're, you're there. And so Elijah went and sure enough, here came this, this woman, this lady, and um, Elijah said, uh, I, I would like some water. And so the woman went to get water uh, for Elijah. And, and as she's going, Elijah says, oh, and, and I'd like some bread, please. Bring, please bring me a morsel. Please bring me a piece of bread. And the woman says, uh, you know, I can't do that. Uh, I just have a little bit of flour left. And I have just a very small area in my vase of oil. And I'm going to mix the flour and oil and, and make bread so that I will give bread to my son to eat and I will eat and then we will die because there is no more. There is no more bread. There is no more sustenance for us to live. And so my son and I, as the widow, will die. So Elijah says, you know what? I want you to go ahead and, and, and make that flour into bread. Use that oil and make bread and give it to me. And I will join you and your son, and, and we will see. So the widow goes and, and makes the bread out of the flour and oil that she has. And Elijah goes to her home. And what happens is the flour continued to be. She did never run out of flour as long as Elijah was there in her home. And the oil never became less. There was always the oil for her to make the bread. And so Elijah lived with the widow and her son. And always they had a supply of flour. Always they had a supply of oil, not because they bought it at the store, not because they raised it at the field, but because God, with Elijah's presence with the widow and her son, continued to increase the flour, continued to increase the oil. And it's very interesting because God provided this for the widow and her son. God provided this for Elijah just as the birds brought the bread, just as the birds, the ravens, brought the food for Elijah. Now, something else that happens here. As, as we're going along, um, Elijah gets the word that he must confront Baal. He must confront all these strange gods that are trying to destroy and push to get rid of, to destroy all of God's believers, all of Yahweh's believers. And so Elijah sees that he is now called to do something. And what he does is he says, look, I'm going to have a contest. I'm going to have um, a contest with you people who are priests for the, the Baal and Asher and the rest of these gods, and, and I'm, I'm going to be in, in a contest with you, and, and I'm going to be opposed to you, and we'll see whose God is best. Will it be the Lord God, Yahweh, or will it be Asher and, and Baal for all you priests? Now, it's interesting how this divides up. Uh, on one side, we have Elijah representing the Lord God, Yahweh. And on the other side, we have 450 
priests of Baal. So 450 to one, pretty good odds. So what Elijah does and what the, the, the uh, priests of Baal agree to is, is we'll each take a bull and we'll sacrifice the bull on, on, on these, these pieces of wood and, and who's ever God, whether it be Baal or your God, they say to Elijah, whichever God lights the, the sacrifice, whichever God lights the wood and the, the, the uh, bull, then that will be the God that wins. And so Elijah tells the prophets of, of Baal, uh, you go ahead and you start. So all the 450 prophets, they prepare the bull, they prepare the stack of wood for the sacrifice, the, the burnt offering. And, and so they start um, worshiping or praying to, or whatever they did to Baal, uh, come and light this offering to you on fire. And so they, they go for the morning and, and nothing happens. So they've done all their prayers. And so then they start doing other things. They, they start doing self-mutilation they uh, cut themselves and their blood gets all over the place. They begin uh, hooping and hollering and chanting and, and jumping and, and running around this, this uh, sacrificial artic, uh, uh, altar with, with the bull on it and, and with the, the wood and, and nothing happens. And so on the side now, Elijah is making comments. So they say, you know what? Maybe, maybe Baal, maybe Asher is sleeping. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's just not loud enough yet. Why don't you holler it louder and jump louder and, and, and maybe you'll wake Baal up. And, and then he says, well, you know what? I, I think maybe, I think maybe, I think maybe Baal, I think maybe your God is, is uh, in the potty. I, I think he's, I think he's off to the side somewhere and, and he's busy. And, and so he makes these comments and then he said, well, well, maybe, maybe um, you're not loud enough or maybe you need to cut more or maybe you need to bleed more of your own blood. And so, so uh, Elijah is, is really putting uh, all kinds of words out to this 450 um, prophets of Baal and of Asher. Didn't go well. Um, it didn't go well at all. They, they, they hooped and hollered all day long. They cut themselves all day long and, and nothing happened. So then Elijah says, okay, uh, you, you've now had your turn. Now I, I want to show you something. And so Elijah prepares the bull, prepares the stack of wood, and he makes a big trough or a big uh, dike around the, the altar with the, the uh, bull on it and, and with the wood on it. And he tells those present, uh, go get uh, all these gallons and gallons and gallons of water in, in these big jars and pour it on top of the bull, pour, pour it on top of the altar, pour, pour it on top of the wood. And so they go and get these, these, these vessels of water and they pour it on top. And Elijah says, okay, now, now do it again. Go get some more water and pour some more water on. So they pour enough water on the actual altar, the wood and the, the carcass of the bull that the water runs off and fills the area around where the little dike was that, that, that had been built. And so not only is the carcass wet and the wood wet, now you have water sitting there uh, in, in this little area around the altar that, that had been prepared. 
And so the, the agreement was, well, whatever God responds with the fire, then that is the God we will worship. And so now what happens is Elijah is not prepared. The, the, the altar has been there and, and the, the, the carcass of the bull is now there and, and all the water is, has been, now been poured. And, and Elijah basically says, okay, Lord, um, it's all yours. And fire comes down and burns up the carcass, burns up the wood, laps up all the water that has been now in the trough around the altar. And so we have the flaming sacrifice, the fire come down from heaven that God has provided. And so now everyone, all of the people around are saying, ah, it's Yahweh who is God. It's Yahweh who is God. And, and so he, Yahweh, has made his presence in the fire, drinking up all the water, burning the sacrifice, burning the wood, as the other 450 prophets of Baal, of Asher, are over here watching with their mouths, their jaws dropped open. So what happens? We have this happening of, of these, these two altars, Yahweh responding to Elijah, whereas the, the gods of Baal and Asher, the false gods had no response of the 450 priests that were doing all their thing. And so God makes himself very present. And you know, sometimes it's the loudness and the numbers and the shouting and the rituals that we think are gonna do it. It's not. Sometimes we depend upon the king and the king's belief, the leader and the leader's belief to lead us on. And we're reminded completely and repeatedly, Yahweh, the Lord God, Yahweh, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, are the ones whom we follow, not the other gods. We don't care what the leadership says. We know where our faith lies. We know what scripture says. We know what the Father says in our life. We know what the Son Jesus has done for us. And we know the movement of Holy Spirit among the church, among the body of Christ, among the ecclesia. Now, some more happens here. After the fire, after the presence of God, uh, all of the 450 uh, prophets of Baal, of, of Asher, are, are removed. And the, the famine now, uh, the drought that has, has been given uh, by God through Elijah uh, is now in the third year. So three years of drought, no water, no rain, no, no dew. And, and so now um, Elijah makes an interesting statement to the ruler to Ahab, and, and he tells Ahab, you know what? Uh, I hear rain coming. And so Elijah says, uh, it's, it's the sound of heavy rain. So you have the drought going on, you have the dryness for the, at least the three years, if not longer, and you have the famine throughout the land where, where there's a lack of food. And, and so Elijah says to Ahab, I hear the sound of heavy rain. And I, I think you better get in your chariot and get moving because you have to get back to your, your hometown. You have to get back 
to your uh, place of, of ruling and, and it's 16 miles away. So I think you better leave now and go the 16 miles in your chariot and get home before your chariot gets so wet and so muddy that it can't even move because the mud's gonna be so deep because the rain is gonna be so hard. There's gonna be so much water. And so uh, the ruler, Ahab, uh, takes off to go to his, his uh, home um, 16 miles away in his chariot. So, so here we have Elijah now going out with his servant and they go up to a mountain and Elijah begins to pray. And he, he um, prays, uh, God, uh, you have something in mind here, Yahweh. I'm your servant. Uh, what is to happen? I, I hear the sound of rain, but I don't feel any rain yet. So Elijah uh, tells his servant, go over there on the other side and see if there's any rain clouds coming. And so the servant goes over and then goes back and says, uh, Master, uh, Elijah, uh, there is no cloud. So Elijah prays. And so Elijah tells his, his servant again, go look, is, is the cloud coming for rain yet? And so the servant goes and looks and comes back and says, no, there's, there's no clouds, there's no rain coming. And so Elijah prays and, and uh, then tells the servant, uh, go check and see if there's any clouds coming, any rain yet. So the servant goes, and, and this happened seven times. Seven times, Elijah sends the servant to check, are there clouds, are there rain clouds? Is the rain coming? Seven times. And Elijah stays there and waits for the servant to return and give the report. Are the rain clouds here? Is the rain coming? Very interesting. Um, finally, the servant goes and tells Elijah upon his return, there is a little cloud about the size of a man's hand way over on the horizon. Way over on the horizon. And Elijah says, um, that's it that finally we're gonna have completeness. Um, finally, we're gonna have a fullness. God is going to provide the water we need. God is gonna provide the rain that brings the crops, the water that we can drink and be satisfied. God is going to be the one who refreshes the entire earth for us. It's God's perfection, his fullness, his completeness that we await. And so God tells his servant, or God, Elijah tells his servant, I want you to run now and tell. I want you to tell Ahab. I want you to tell everybody God is answering and get ready because the rain is coming. So his servant takes off uh, on, on, um, his, uh, I don't know, donkey uh, on a chariot. I'm not sure what he what took off it, but he, the, the servant takes off to, to tell Ahab, to tell the king that uh, the rain's coming, get ready. And so in the meantime, uh, the scripture says, Elijah takes his cloak and, and puts it in his belt. In other words, instead of having his robe, 
he takes it and folds it and sticks it inside his belt. And Elijah begins running. Elijah been, begins running from, from the mountain where he saw the rain cloud coming and where he told his servant to quick tell the king, you're ready. And the, the, the servant is in the, the, uh, the process of going uh, with the horses. And Elijah puts his robe, puts his cloak into his belt and he begins running. And Elijah runs so fast that he beats his servant and he goes to the, the town 16 miles away and he gets there and uh, welcomes his servant and welcomes the king as he arrives in his chariot. So Elijah uh, starts running and he runs and he, he beats everybody there. And Elijah gets there and says, okay, uh, the rain's coming, get ready. Interesting story, and this happens all in, in 1 Kings 17 and 18, and it's all about Elijah and the word from God. Um, you know, don't follow Baal, don't follow Asher, follow me, Yahweh, and Jesus meeting with Moses and Elijah on the mount with the three disciples present, Peter, James, and John, speaks to us today. There are gods, small g, who are taking over, who want our attention. There is God, capital G, the Lord God, Yahweh, Jesus Christ, the Son, Holy Spirit, who directs us, who encourages us, who holds us, no matter what. Famine, fire, tornadoes, and winds, earthquakes, no matter what in our personal life, in our corporate life, in our national life, in the worldly life. We are the Father's possession. We are the Son's possession because of His death, because of His life. We are his possession because of spirit holy, who dwells within, who moves among us, who gives us encouragement and guidance that we know who owns us. We know whose we are. We know our future is in his hand. Doesn't matter what's going on. God provides us the food, the water, God provides us the shelter. God provides us the flour and the oil in abundance. We encourage one another because of the body of Christ. Doesn't matter what it looks like around us, we know whose we are. As Ecclesia, as the body of Christ, we have a special relationship with the Lord God. It doesn't matter who else says what. It doesn't matter who's trying to tear us to pieces and destroy us, killing us. It doesn't matter what false gods are around. We know whose we are, and we know who wins. Let us pray. God, you give us the strange story of Elijah in these, these, these two short chapters in the Bible. And yet, Lord, uh, Elijah appears at the Mount of Transfiguration. 
Elijah appears with Moses and with Jesus. Lord, help us understand the empty chair at Passover, the empty chair at communion for Elijah, Elijah. Lord, thank you for understanding that you give us that Elijah has been here. Elijah announced the coming of your son, Jesus, the Christ, our Savior, the Messiah. Lord, thank you for the life you give us because of Jesus. Lord, for the life you give us with one another because of Holy Spirit. Ah, Lord, may he dwell among us, enrich us, remind us of your teachings. Lord, may our, our eyes be on you totally. No matter what's going on around, Lord, we know whose we are. We know where the source of the rain comes and where the source of the still, small voice speaks within our hearts. Oh, Lord, bless us in all kinds of ways now. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Love.